Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. It's myself, Blaine Gilmer, here with Trent Smallwood tonight. Jed May, national analyst Jed May, has some uh, personal stuff to take care of. So Jed's, uh, Jed's out there doing some other stuff tonight, but he'll be back with us next week. But Trent, uh, how was the weekend, man? How's everything going? It's going good. Uh, just... Ah, just moving into uh, getting closer to football season again. You know, spring high school spring practices going on uh, all around the state. Uh, I guess some might be finishing up, but um, some of them just started in Gwinnett County and stuff last week. And I know some Hall County schools are going on. So just some uh, – you, you can feel football uh, starting back up. And uh, and then we got the Rivals Camp coming up in a couple weeks. So. And official visits are, are looming. I'll be here in a, in a couple of weeks. Actually, a big official visit that was announced that'll be later this month, actually 11 days from now, Jaden Wayne is going to show up. And uh, we're going to have some questions about that later. But, Trent, that's a that's a huge official visit, especially to have so early on in the in the month of May. There were people on the vault kind of jockeying back and forth. As, well, is that a good thing for Georgia to have him so early uh, in the official visit process, or would they rather have him later on? I mean, what's your opinion on that with your experience and all this? Uh, I mean, it it's change, it changes. Uh, it just depends on the prospect. I think getting a uh, kid here from uh, that far away is, is a good thing to get him early in the process. And, you know, Georgia's done a good job on these uh, on-campus visits, and it kind of sets the bar high for his uh, for his next visits or what visits he takes afterwards. So, uh, you know, it, it's worked in Georgia's favor having the, the first or second visit. It's also worked in their favor having the last visit. I know when it comes down to uh, closer to December on signing day, he would love to have that last visit, whether it's unofficial or official. But I don't think an official visit's bad, uh, you know, kind of setting that bar high for him this early in the process. Yeah, I think that that is definitely the case. That if you're looking at the pros and cons, that's definitely the pro, right? Georgia, it's arguably Georgia does the best job of anybody when it comes to on-campus recruiting. And when you have that much on-campus, uh, you know, recruiting prowess, and you're able to get him onto your campus first, your hope is that Jaden Wade falls in love with with Athens and 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 things like that. If you're if you're Georgia, but the negative is is it's a long time between the end of May and and uh december when when signing day uh, comes around for a guy like Jaden wayne so you'll the hope will be to get him back I, i'm sure in the fall for a uh for an unofficial visit to to watch a game and stuff like that i know he did that last year as well but you're right coming all the way from uh, tacoma washington that's uh that's not a that's not an easy uh, easy trip out so dogs get the um first crack at Jaden wayne early on uh but also they get to have a uh, high-profile offensive line target in Monroe Freeling. Uh, Monroe Freeling's a guy that that say Searles went up to his high school not not too long ago. They've been recruiting him fairly hard. He's going to be in that weekend as well. So, Trent, with with Jaden Wayne being in and Monroe Freeling being in there, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another couple names trickle out here before uh, that that weekend. You know, a couple weeks from now, because you know it's highly unlikely they're just going to have two guys there. They like to have a good group of guys there so they can kind of go through that, that uh, official visit experience together. Oh, definitely. And uh, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me uh, all, all throughout June uh, that we've, we've discussed some names that will be here, uh, you know, a couple of those weekends, but uh, they don't like to bring in, you know, one or two targets. I think you'll see, um, you know, a, a 
you know, four or five targets be on campus. And, and it might be a case where they bring in some unofficials with the officials to uh, have those guys there. Other but, other classes, maybe? Like, yeah. Um, uh, like some, two, uh, some 24 kids. or And I know Georgia's got some camps going on, um, you know, early June. But uh, talking about that, uh, yeah, I could see I could see some uh, 24 kids being on campus or uh, or bringing in a couple other official visits. Because you're going to start seeing some names – Especially after this draft, um, you're gonna start seeing uh, trickle in, and uh, you start seeing some official visits pop that are that are not really uh, publicized. Yeah, and and a guy that comes to mind to me would be a, a Troy Bowles, right? A uh, high profile guy. His dad's an NFL head coach. So he wants to keep a low profile, anyways. But when it comes down to it, he's a guy that he's just kind of shown up before in Athens and uh, kind of low key. Nobody expected him to, but. On another, on another note, that first weekend in June, we do know some big names that are coming in and wanted to hit through that first. I mean, uh, Trent, Georgia did this uh, last year when they had Branson Robinson and Oscar Delp and, and so on and so forth. A lot of the key targets in that first real official visit weekend of the, of the summer. And it looks like they're trying to do the same thing with with guys like Justice Haynes going to be in there, Caleb Downs at the same time, Jalen Hill coming in. I mean, there's a lot of talented guys coming that that first weekend, and you know, so, some emphasis on some offensive weapons as well. Yeah, and you always want to, uh, I guess, get your uh, guys that are kind of leaning towards Georgia, and that's when you really want that uh, that, that first crack because uh, you because you want to go in and and get a commitment if if possible something like Justin uh, Justice Haynes or uh, you know one of those guys that that Georgia's kind of stood out for throughout the process and uh, you like the first crack and and maybe get a commitment from one of those guys and uh, or you know one or two or three of those guys because because they've they've done it before and, and get them on the recruiting trail and and it, even if they decide to take more official visits you got them in the state of georgia you can always bring them back for unofficial visits uh and i'm sure you know uh, those kids will be back for unofficial visits anyways so um getting the first crack at these guys and uh uh you know like i said setting that bar high and then uh, maybe i'm grabbing a couple commitments that, that'd be a big weekend yeah and two it's also something to worth point out like a guy like Madden Sanker has pointed out that he may not even take an official visit to Georgia, but that's just because he lives in the state of Georgia and he can go over there anytime he wants. So he's going to use those official visits to get paid, uh, you know, get those paid trips elsewhere. Uh, where they, they yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't see why you wouldn't, because if I was, if I was going through the process, I would be, you know, take five places that I've never visited and I'm be like, Hey, I want to visit these five different places and this is a free opportunity to do so. So, the legend, we appreciate you coming in from Salt Lake City, Utah, David uh, Relaford. We appreciate David being on here with us, guys. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We are UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts here on the UGAsports.com YouTube channel. Uh, if you don't subscribe already, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications so you get you get that that ping on your phone every time we go live, or whether it's uh, Co Coach Donnan going live with Roddy and Dane, uh, Paul and Ben and those guys on Sunday nights. I mean, they, there's there's lots of content that goes live over here in the season. We have the the, the react post game reaction overreaction shows. Uh, a lot of stuff coming up that, that's that's fun to fun to watch. And we're gonna have uh, recruiting covered all summer. So make sure you do that 
for us as well. We really appreciate it. And we have the podcast version that comes out the next day on the, each one. So, Trent, right now, when it comes down to it, I mean, Georgia's sitting, I believe, nine nine commits right now in the in the 2023 class. I, I believe is, is eight or nine is the number. I think it's nine right now um, that, that they're at. I'd have to double-check, but still a lot of work to do in this class. And the big domino that everybody's waiting on is Arch Manning. Um, and when it, when it comes down to it, you hear, you seem to hear different things every day out of, out of Arch Manning, uh, not from Arch Manning, but out of people who at least act like they know something out of the Arch Manning camp, which I don't think many people at all do, um, because they've kept it very, very close to the vest. But I will say this, I don't think that you can, anybody can just go outright and say, Hey, this is what's going on with Arch Manning right now, because I don't think that, that it's that, that clear and cut. Um, but I do think it is whittled its way down to where Georgia finds itself in very, very select company in this recruitment. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, a lot of times um, in these recruitments, you'll, you'll build that relationship with a kid you'll kind of have the, the scoop and you're just sitting there holding on to it and you're just waiting. Uh, but in, in this circumstance, you're kind of uh, in the dark when it comes to the kid, you have to trust more of your, uh, your sources with, with, with the schools and everything like that. And um, you know, it, right now uh, I think, I think Texas feels okay about their chances. Georgia feels really good about their chances. And, uh, and I think Alabama feels their chances are fading a little bit. So uh uh, you know, I think I think it's Georgia and, uh, and Texas with a few other schools, uh, you know, trailing behind. But um, you know, I think uh, just just talking to, to numerous sources, you know, I, I think Texas feels okay where they're at. I think uh, you know Georgia's not ready to move on to a secondary quarterback uh, or a, a, a you know a backup plan necessarily. I think Georgia feels good where they're at, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see what happens this summer. But I could, uh, if it does go down in the next month or so, or, or next two months, it, it it could be a very big summer for Georgia. Also, people were talking about on the on the on the vault. They were like, "Hey, um, when it comes down to it, how do you think Arch will make a decision one way or another?" I kind of am of the opinion the family is so tied in, Trent, with ESPN that I, I would have to think that ESPN is going to have some kind of exclusive right on making the announcement. I don't think I, – I even quoted on the vault, I said, I don't think it'll be a LeBron James in the boys' club scenario, you know, where he announced he was taking his talents to South Beach. I think it'll be just a well-written – statement with some kind of nice graphic on there and they'll just put it out uh, you know on the airwaves out there and then everybody will hit their reactions after that but um i don't know what are your opinions do you think they'll uh do you think they'll he'll do some kind of live announcement or do you think it'll just be kind of as i said there yeah i could see that uh you know with with the family having the espn ties and i could also see a situation where he just randomly puts out a tweet just all of a sudden um his first tweet i don't think he's tweeted yet oh he, he don't even tweet. oh, oh yeah. he's, he's, he's got a twitter account. he's got a twitter be, but he don't even tweet if that was his first tweet that would be genius that would be great pr by him but i, I don't think he's going to necessarily have like a uh, uh i mean he's gonna have a ceremony at a school where everybody can come out media can come out i don't think that's going to be uh the case i think it'll be a more like you discussed or just something you know, random uh, just happened because it's not the, it's not top kid to uh, do that. 
Trent, uh, Jeff P47 is uh, telling us to keep an eye on those Gainesville Red Elephants and both of mine, mine and your backyard right here saying that Josh uh, Nibblett is going to do a good job, uh, the former Hoover coach coming over. Uh, I don't know if he's got all the talent he needs in there yet to co- compete at the the 7A, 7A – are they dropping down to 6A this, this upcoming I think year? it's 6A, but uh, I did hear that – They've gone from 76 to 112 kids on the football in the football program. Got to have the Jimmys and Joes out for sure. So, um, I don't, I, you know, I haven't seen what transfers or whatever since they've got in, but, uh, but I, you know, I've, I've heard that there's been numerous, or there's been a lot of excitement at their spring practice. Yeah, and when you talk about it, a guy like that, first of all, he's brought in a tremendous coaching staff. So, no doubt, that's a good call, Jeff P. But uh, without further ado, we've kind of talked a little bit on Arch Manning. We've talked about uh, the official visits coming up. Also, guys like uh, wanted to mention out, you know, Jamal Jarrett will be coming in more middle of the month. Um, Anthony, uh, Anthony, uh, man, I'm losing my uh, train of thought there. The receiver from Arkansas, uh, Anthony Evans, Anthony Evans the third. Um, can absolutely fly 10, 10 to 8, I believe, in the 100-meter dash. I mean, can absolutely fly. Is is Georgia is all over him. He decommitted from Arkansas uh, just a couple weeks ago. So, you know, we'll we'll see where Georgia stands uh, after that official visit. But I know Brian McClendon has been on him hard. And speaking of wide receivers, Trent, uh, Malik Benson, we'll have a question on Malik Benson. So we won't have to go, uh, you know, too in-depth here. But I spoke to him. Um, you know, it's it's becoming more and more rare with these JUCO players. But when you got a guy who's averaged 28.6 yards per catch over 43 catches, that tells you he's looking to do one thing, and that's that's take the top off the defense. And uh, Georgia could certainly use a, a, a guy on the outside like that. Yeah, definitely. And, it you know, JUCO's become more irrelevant. Uh, I, we were talking about before uh, the uh, the show started, but – you still have your guys every once in a while that that don't get the grades that might go to prep school or might go to JUCO and uh and you know and they've had several cases the Javon Wims and uh and you know the, Devontae Wyatt Devontae Wyatt but well, you know he was a from the same out. from the same community college he went to Hutchinson Community College where Malik Benson is out of so there's that that connection there that Georgia said hey look a guy from your school that you went to just got drafted in the first round so i mean there's some ammunition there for georgia yeah no doubt and uh you know and they're still gonna have uh you know they're, they're still gonna be prospects of the schools that are they're gonna gonna go d1 and uh you know, you know what's what a better fit would it be for georgia to go in and land a guy that uh you know can come in and and be ready day one at that wide receiver position if you uh especially you know bringing in uh you're gonna have a new quarterback more than likely next year whether it be uh, you know, wh- whoever after Stetson Bennett, you know, it could be one of the four guys, uh, the, whoever Georgia brings in, plus the three guys on campus. So it'd be good to have some uh, a guy they they can depend on in the receiving game coming in and at a JUCO. Yeah, and he he even when I was speaking to him last night, he was saying that that experience level is something that that sticks out to to Brian McClendon because they're going to have a lot of younger receivers i mean they'll also have you know experienced guys with like ad mitchell you know providing everything comes back he would be a junior and, and lad mcconkey as well but there's going to be a lot of young guys 
uh, that are that are coming in that maybe don't have all those reps and things like that, and and uh, playing at Hutchinson Community College and having that at least to be in college. And Malik Benson was very upfront with why he was there. He said, "Hey, I just didn't care about school in high school." He said, "I've, I've matured a lot uh, and things like that." So the guy was very very. Uh, forthcoming and and uh, a very mature young man in the conversation. So it was uh, it was great to talk to to talk to him. And he is big on uh, Brian McClendon. Said that Brian McClendon is one of the more genuine guys that he's talked to. Uh, it's a lot of talk outside of football. And Todd Munkin's been on with him uh, Zoom on Zooms a couple times. You know, showing him how he would fit into George's offense. Showing him, you know things that he can do in his own film, uh, breaking down his film with him. And uh, Malik Benson was very impressed by that. we got Mike Free on here with us. Mike, thank you for joining us. Uh, Everybody on YouTube, if you don't mind, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button. It really helps us. And like I said, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If you're on here and you don't, that subscribe button is is lit uh, lit up red, go ahead and hit it. Uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button uh, to make sure you you subscribe to this channel. Turn on notifications. We really appreciate it. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get to our questions while we're here from the UGA Sports Vault. All right, Jar52, what are our realistic chances with Jaden Wayne? Uh, you know, Trent, he's a, like I said, he's out from the, the West Coast up there in Washington State area, but he's got Dan Lennon, who was his primary recruiter here at Georgia that's recruiting him hard at Oregon. Of course, his home state of Washington, Georgia, Alabama, a lot of schools involved in this. And what are, you, what are your thoughts on a guy like Jaden Wayne? Well, you, you know, you, you look at the um, the draft and you, you look at what Georgia did, and and I think uh, you see that. And, uh, you know, you see guys like Trayvon Walker going right there at the first pick. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's much bigger than a, uh individual coach or, a, you know, like Dan Lanning was that Georgia assistant coach. You kind of look at the program and you look at how the program's built and uh, you, you look at Kirby Smart. And, uh, you know, I think Georgia's got, uh, you know, a chance this recruitment. Now, I'm not going to say they lead by any means because uh, there's a long ways to go in this one. But uh, having the first crack at it and, uh, you know, being able to sell uh, the program and, and where is that right now? Is that all time high coming off a national championship and having three guys, uh, three defense linemen or uh, drafted in the first round, uh, you know, and being able to sell that Trayvon Walker? Uh, you know, I think I think Georgia's sitting in a, a good spot. Uh, just going into the official visit, just for strictly, uh, you know, how high the program sits right now. Yeah, with with Jaden Wayne, I mean, talking about being in the while the draft was going on, Kirby Smart was when after Trayvon Walker gets drafted, he's FaceTiming Jaden Wayne, you know, in in the green room there at the NFL draft and and communicating to me like, hey, you're the next one up. That kind of that kind of stuff to. They go after him and people want to talk about, oh, well, you know, Trayvon Walker, he didn't get to, you know, accumulate these kind of numbers and things like that. And some people even question the number one overall pick. But you know what? Trayvon Walker has 37 million guaranteed reasons to be thankful for his time at at Georgia and how it developed him. So I'm sure that's something that they may even get. I wouldn't be shocked for them to get Trayvon on the phone with Jaden Wayne and talk to him about, hey, here's here's why you should go to Georgia and things like that. Those, those ex-players, those former players, especially you see the guys come back even from the first year or two under Kirby, Trent, you know, Nick Chubb, all those guys come back and you can just see the camaraderie there with Kirby and those ex-players. So, I mean, he's very much so a player's coach. I wouldn't be surprised if those guys – 
almost voluntarily wanted to help recruit uh, for for Georgia by getting on the phone with some of those guys. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, he's a he's a players coach. Like we talked about last week, he he uh, he's a coach that uh, probably don't get much sleep. But he's all about he's all about football. He's all about his players. He treats them like his kids. Yes, he's he's going to get after them. Uh, you know, I, I watched that. Uh, uh, I don't remember Nicobe Dean interview where they're they're talking about how. You know, Kirby said, "I don't care how tired you are," but he, but he is. He, he's all about the kids. He's all about those players, and, uh, he, and he's going to put them in the best situation to succeed. You know, their stats might all, not always be, uh, you know, what they want to be. You know, similar to the Jermaine Burton situation. You know, he wanted more catches. He wanted more, uh, more yards, so he went to Alabama. But at the same time, uh, you know, yards and catches are not going to necessarily get you drafted high. Uh, looking at Trayvon Walker, he didn't know the, the best stats. You know. It, and and Jalen Carter is another example. Uh, you know, somebody talked about you know the Clemson DT, whatever. What's his name? Um, uh, um, what's his name? Brzee or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Brian Brzee. Uh, they said who will have better stats next year, and I said, well, probably Brzee because he plays in a different type of system, and they play in a system where they're attacking upfield. He'll have, probably have more sacks, but. Jalen Carter is probably going to be more than likely a top five pick after next year. And, uh, you know, Trey Scott will have another one to put on him. So um, it's well, not all about stats. It's all about, you know. The, well, you saw Mel Kuyper, the blowhard he is over there, uh, you know, saying he doesn't understand the Jordan Davis pick and all that. And, and uh, you know, that they, he doesn't get after the passer and stuff. Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis affects a ball game. And I know the NFL is different uh, and that they, they, you know, they throw it all over the yard, all that kind of stuff. I understand, but still, I think that Jordan Davis has proven what kind of athlete he is in the middle that he can be more versatile. He didn't have to do certain things at Georgia, yeah. you know, because of because of the style of play and stuff like that. And same thing with Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker, I think, will actually get better in the NFL and do some things better in the NFL because he was not he was asked to do different things at Georgia than he's going to be asked. He's going to be told by the Jaguars, "Go get the quarterback." <laughs> yep. that's what he's going to be told so it's going to be it's going to be totally different to your kind of connecting to your point with uh z and clemson and, and the numbers and him and and i don't see how you can honestly sit there on tv and say uh why would you take jordan davis just turn on the tape and see how he affects ball games just, yep. just watch, watch watch other teams run away from him even when he's double teamed yeah, he Mel. Just tell us. Just tell us you hadn't watched any Georgia games, Mel Kiper. We, we appreciate that. But uh, but no, that uh, that that's always good to see those uh, NFL guys that that try to cram about um, you know, a whole year's worth of prep into three days. Really enjoy that. So, uh, what's up, dogs? As way too early, twenty twenty three recruiting class final national ranking. If Arch comes, it should be very high, maybe number one. So, Trent, I mean. I think it's no secret now. Everybody knows that under Kirby Smart, you're not going to finish any worse than five, guaranteed. I mean, he's never he's never done it. I mean, uh, if, if if past performance is the greatest indicator of future performance, George is going to be in that top five. Question is, how high in that top five? Yeah, and a lot depends on how high Jed ranks our players. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll just leave it to him. <laughs> Oh boy, the vault is gonna love that. So Jed, Jed now in on the the ranking system. No, I, I think a lot of it depend on uh, Arch Manning's decision because uh, more than likely he's gonna be number one player in the country, or you know no, number one or number two at the very end. And um, you know a lot will come down to that. 
and, and especially when I, we were talking about Georgia and Alabama being in it, uh, that number one, uh, you know, kind of sets you apart because it has so many points, uh, you know, with it. So uh, if Georgia can land Arch Manning, you know, Georgia's going to finish one or two, uh, in my opinion. But uh, if Georgia misses on Arch Manning, I still think they're going to be top five, might be three, uh, somewhere around there. But um, well, Georgia might have, have some of the classes right now, like Texas Tech, who's up at number two. That's because they've got 15, 16, you know, three stars signed and, and other or, or committed and other people – they're going to fall down because of the, the the average of the class and everything like that. But, you know, Georgia, the the quality of guys are going to be there, especially people don't want to hear it, Trent, but this, this defensive class again, you know, I, I know people are ready to see. I think you're going to see the number one running back in the country. You know, Justice Haynes should be there. Uh, they, they should be able to, to take care of that. That always boosts you up. A guy like a Hakeem Williams, a highly rated receiver, you know, guys that they feel pretty good about right now that that ultimately will will boost things up. Jamal Jarrett is a guy who I think is going to even continue to rise in the rankings. That guy, his body, Jed, the way it's transformed over the last eight, nine months, I mean, that guy would, had a little extra uh, fluff to him, so to speak, uh, before. And now saw a picture up there, and he's looking, he, he's looking like something from a, you know, villain from a movie or something man i mean he, he's all all 340 pounds of muscle it looks like over there so when it comes to a guy like a jamal jared that if georgia were to land him one of the top interior defensive linemen and georgia i think is going to continue to clean up guys like caleb downs can they can they pull a caleb downs into the class you you do that regardless of arch manning or not you end up getting guys like like troy bowles like caleb downs like other people it's uh, that are that are highly touted Justice Haynes. That that goes a long way to putting you up in there in that upper echelon of a class. Yeah, I just uh, you know I, I picture a down Starks uh, safety tandem could be <laughs> could be yeah. one for the ages in Athens. So Talk about the athleticism between those two, just the the pure athleticism would be, and then add you know guys like Nylon Green who haven't even tapped their potential yet. Nylon Green, Kamari Lasseter. Javon Bullard, yes, I'm, I'll go ahead and tell you. I think Javon Bullard is one of the more underrated signings, will go down as one of the more underrated signings in Kirby Smart's tenure because when I watched him at Baldwin and they would put him back at safety. He, he started off as a corner, right, in, in high school, but they put him back at safety when they would play like triple option and wing T type teams, Trent, and Javon Bullard just comes down and and with reckless abandon, I mean, with bad intentions and hits people. He was he was making tackles for a loss from safety at ten yards. I mean, just flying downhill. So that is a that's the kind of defensive minded guy that Kirby Smart loves, and I think uh, he's going to be an underrated one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, I and mean, I think they got guys on campus. Uh, not only the guys that they're bringing in this class in the secondary, but the guys that you mentioned, uh, Lasseter and. And those guys that are, uh, you know, going to be going to compete for that uh, starting position or, or a starting position this year. You know, you, you, you're you're returning uh, Tacky Smith at safety, and you're returning William Poole at uh, uh, star. But you know, William Poole is the first. You know, I guess he just started three or four games this year. So there's going to be a, a lot of positions up for grab uh, outside of Keely Ringo. Yeah. Uh- I don't know if he's Tyron Matthew Jr. That's high praise right there, my, my man. But he's definitely a good a good player for sure. 
Um, Jeff P says, I know Jed, Jed will have the dogs in the top five. Jed did go to Madison County High School. So, uh, so Jed, he's, he's, he's counting on Jed in the national rankings over there. All right, B. Hodge, 07, 02. Trent needs to go ahead and put in that arch future cast. We're all patiently waiting, especially since he called him a dog three weeks in a row now on the podcast. I think everybody knows a little bit of that is tongue in cheek there with uh, Trent uh, calling him. But listen, we do, both of us, 100% transparent believe that Georgia is in as good a shape as anyone. Um, but there's just so much ambiguity still around this recruitment, I don't think it'd be wise for anybody to put in a, a future cast on it. No. And I think uh, the fact is that Georgia feels good where they're at. And I think the staff feels good where they're at. I think Todd Munkin and, uh, uh, you know, Buster, uh, Buster, uh, whatever his name is. Buster uh, Faulkner. Yeah. Uh, he feels good where they're at. I think, I think a lot of Georgia staff, Kirby feels good where they're at, but there's still the chance that, you know, something crazy happens. You know, I, I, th I think Georgia is, uh, you know, getting the right feedback. I think they're, they're talking with the man and family that they feel good where they're at, that they feel comfortable where they're at. Um, but there's still ways to go. And, uh, you know, if, if I had to put a future cast in today, I would put it in Georgia, but uh, let, let's, let's, let's wait till we can actually get closer to a decision date or find out when a decision date is. And, and then you'll start seeing flow. Yeah, and people don't need to forget about Matt uh, Matt Luke in this recruitment either. I mean, there's deep ties. They spent a lot of time with the Manning family when he was the head coach at Ole Miss. Uh, I believe he played with uh, played with he played with Eli, correct? I mean, I think he played with Eli yeah. at at Ole Miss. Uh, so when you when it comes down to it, there's there's connections there. And Matt Luke has not left Athens. He's going to be staying in Athens. And you you saw the picture with the uh, five former head coaches or, or four former and the current head coach um, in Athens not too long ago at golf, Donnan, uh, Dooley, Rick, and, and Kirby all there together. And Matt Luke staying in Athens, I think that that's an underrated thing for Georgia as well because, I mean, that shows the Manning family, hey, they talk constantly that the, the thing that you hear is, the college experience is paramount in this. Like they, the college experience, and you know, when it comes down to, I was reading an article the other day about uh, revisiting re for research purposes why Eli Manning didn't go to the San Diego Charger, didn't want to, and and uh, Arch E. Manning, the the grandfather in this whole deal, he was saying, "Hey, I want my, I wanted my kids when they were being recruited to go somewhere that they wanted to." live as well that they didn't mind being around so that college experience and i don't know i guess austin texas is a is is, is a nice place to be but i don't know if it's uh, there's a better college atmosphere than athens georgia it's certainly a, a far cry from tuscaloosa in terms of that matter so i would give georgia the leg up there trent but if that's a key part i think that that says a lot that matt luke stayed the college atmosphere the town all that stuff yeah, and you, you see what happens with Georgia. All these former head coaches always end back up in, in Athens. You know, that's that's the place they always bring their families back. You know, uh, Rick was down in Miami, uh, you know, where he was, uh, I guess, from down in Florida. And, uh, you know, he's back. He, he's back living in Athens. So, I, I, you know, it is a great – it's a great place to be. It's a great place to live. It's a great uh, college atmosphere. Um, and, you know, it, that's a big part. That's definitely working in Georgia's favor. Well, I was down in, you know, 
Miami area covering the the Orange Bowl, and I was thankful Roddy for setting me up and everything down there. But I was I was very very happy to be coming back to to God's <laughs> country up here in uh, in Northeast Georgia after being down there in Miami. Man, that's like I I can't uh ooh, I don't blame Rick and company for coming back from that one for sure. All right, uh, one of our best questioners here on the vault, loyal questioners, Pine Tree One. Do you think we lead for Hakeem Williams? Well, I'd say this: the guy keeps showing up, Trent. Uh, a lot of visits here in the cal- in this calendar year. I think two or three visits this calendar year, and I think Georgia really made a lot of ground there with that 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 visit that he took over G Day weekend. Um, Kirby Smart, I think, got to spend a good bit of bit of time with him in more of a relaxed environment. And and I think that's something too, Trent, that people are like, well, don't they want some of these guys to take more visits on game day weekends and stuff like that? Well, it's more chaotic for the coaches. They, they enjoy the time when they get to spend time with them in the spring and summer and things of that nature. Definitely. This is, this is the uh, more of the relationship building stage, you know, Uh, I guess the, the spring, the fall is more, uh, you know, I've heard of, uh, you know, some, uh, uh, underclassmen, I'd say that, that that go and say, "Well, I just wish we'd have got to talk to the coaches," or we were on campus, but I wish we got to talk to the coaches. But you know, during the spring, they get that opportunity. They have the junior days, and then they have the um, they have all the guys uh, in at different times. You mentioned High has been there, you know, about three times. This is this is when they're building relationships, and having Brian McClendon on campus is definitely helping things uh, in that department as well. <laughs> D Rock Irish says try the old Orange Bowl in Miami. That was an experience. I'm, I bet it was, man. Uh, Miami, a little bit, little bit different town. Uh, certainly different than, than Athens. But yeah, I think I think they're doing a good job with Hakeem Hakeem Williams. Georgia certainly is looking for like the quote that that I've gotten from a source in uh, Athens is that there's no one currently on the roster like Hakeem Williams. Uh, if if they if they secure him, that's a totally different type of receiver. That they that they don't that they don't currently have. They've got some good ones. I believe uh, what was it today? The, the it was in the group uh, chat. I think wasn't it PFF or, or some of, of along those lines that ranked Georgia as having the the greatest you know the best overall receiving core coming back, including the tight ends and all that kind of stuff this year. So people forget. Yes, they lost George Pickens, who goes the second round to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but George was hurt most of the year last year. And uh, Jermaine Burton transfers to Alabama. But the three players that led Georgia in receptions last year, A.D. Mitchell, Lad McConkey, Brock Bowers, all come back. Um, and, you know, I, I, Eric Gilbert, if he is everything that uh, people are, 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 you know, projecting and touting him to be this fall, um, add, add a healthy Kiaris Jackson, a healthy Don Blaylock. Georgia's wide receiver core all of a sudden comes – one of the better ones in the country, in my opinion, and maybe a healthy Aaron Smith. And uh, I mean, yeah, that would be—he's like what a, a touchdown catch every three receptions. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Georgia ain't hurting for targets this year, uh, especially at the—I mean, it, for playmakers at the wide receiver position or the tight end position. Um, and you know, and, and you know, we don't talk about enough Kenny McIntosh coming back uh, in the receiving game as well. Um, I know that. You know he'll take on a bigger role. He'll take on more of a, a James Cook type role of how he's used. If if we remember back to the Clemson game, Georgia was so limited at wide receiver that McIntosh is lining up in the slot. So uh, we know what kind of playmaker he is. We, we saw the one handed catch in the uh, the playoffs. So uh, you know bringing back that playmaker uh, that 
um, that can you can get the ball to in space as well. Yeah, and then and you even have a guy like an Oscar Delp who you can line up as a slot and just totally be a mismatch on a linebacker or safety because he runs really, really good routes. And the guy is six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five pounds, not your normal eighteen-year-old. So Georgia not shy on weapons, but Hakeem Williams, I, I, I would today if I had had to put in a, a future cast today like you with. Arch Manning, I would give Hakeem Williams to to Georgia, but like I said, a lot, long way to go. I know uh, with Jordan Atkinson being gone at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is actually, believe it or not, very heavily involved. And hey, people people might laugh at that, but Trent, they've proven up at Pitt. I mean, Jordan Atkinson won the Bolitnikoff Award last year. You know, I mean, so there's, and now he's signing a multi million NIL deal. Uh, multi-million dollar NIL deal with somebody likely USC, maybe Alabama, who knows, but, uh, but they're a heavy player there, Miami, but uh, Georgia's kind of competing with, with those schools. And I mean, Alabama keeps bringing people in. Jermaine Burton, I'm not getting up playing time. Oh, uh, you talk about boo-boo face over there, man. he will be very upset. Uh, you got Harold coming in. If Atkinson comes in, uh, the grass may not always be greener for sure. All right, PA Dog 610. Besides Malik Benson, have you heard any other JUCO prospects that Georgia is pursuing, whether offense or defensive side of the ball? I don't really hear a ton on JUCO guys. Uh, Malik Benson is really the most uh, prominent one, I would say, maybe in in all the the, the country that Georgia has a, a shot with. Trent, I just think that the the market for the JUCO guys has went down tremendously with the the how loose the the transfer portal is now. Yeah, because uh, I mean, it's it's almost like there's a, a you know a JUCO route everywhere in the country. You um, I mean you can go to uh, Texas for two years and you can transfer to Georgia. I mean, it, it's they're, they're, are you saying Texas is is the JUCO compared to Georgia? Is that is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> well, I mean, they kind of have been, but uh, but uh, you know, you hear that arch? You know, that's what you know. What I'm talking about there's an open. I mean, with it all being open now you don't hear as much about JUCO prospects as you, you have in years past, uh, except for the fact, uh, you know, you had the Devontae Wyatt's who Georgia had to send, you know, JUCO for a year. You had the uh, Jermaine Johnson's you got from JUCO, but with the portal uh, coming in and, and, and you, you just don't hear much about JUCO. You hear more about the guys that could be entering the portal and uh, uh, you know, where Georgia might go in the portal. You don't hear as much about JUCO guys, but uh, I, th- I think you'll start hearing some names, the summer or early fall with some with some JUCO get uh, names popping up. Yeah, I mean that those those maybe tend to be a little bit later additions. I, I agree with that. So no nobody other than Malik Benson right now. But I do believe that Georgia's uh, got a got a good shot with Malik Benson. He's another guy. He June seventeenth, he'll be in on his official visit. So uh, go go check out some of his his film over there. I mean he can uh, he can take the top off of defense. Like I said, twenty eight point six yards per catch. This past year, over a thousand yards uh, receiving, forty-three receptions. Uh, the guy can can really go get it for sure. And you talk about you talk about Kirby Smart continually. What's he said when people have asked him about the lack of explosive plays? You know, over the last couple of years, things like that. And he said he says our goal is to be explosive. Our goal is to be explosive. Well, quietly, Trent, they have accumulated Arian Smith, who, if he remains healthy, is one of the, Maybe the fastest player in the country. They've got CJ Smith, who is a 10 a 10 to 100 meter guy. They're recruiting Anthony Edwards or uh, Anthony Evans right now. 
not Anthony Edwards. He he plays for the Timberwolves, uh, <laughs> but but he he did go to Georgia. Uh, Anthony Evans, they're they're recruiting him, a 100 meter guy that just decommitted from Arkansas, and now they're going after Malik Benson. Malik Benson told me last night he runs a ten uh, ten three six in the one hundred meter. So I mean, these are all guys who who have the ability to to take the top off the defense, and I, arguably, I think. Trent, I think Kiaris Jackson is that guy this year for Georgia. I really think he's an explosive guy. He was just hampered all year last year, banged up with different nicks and, and bruises. And, and uh, I think that between him and Aaron Smith, if they're on the field at the same time, and, and then Aladdin McConkey, all, all of those guys can, can run well. Yeah, and you talk about explosive plays. Uh, you know, Georgia was explosive last year in the passing game. Um, I, I think they finished, let's see, they finished eighth in the country um, for pass completions that went 30-plus yards. Um, so, I mean, Georgia, Georgia was very explosive. Uh, people yeah. like to, to, you know, rag on Stetson Bennett's arm. I think he had the top quarterback rating in the country on throws that were over 20 yards down the field. So, uh, you know, they were very, very efficient uh, down, down the field last year for sure. All right, Trent, we got one last one, last one from Sandbar Bathroom here. Is a linebacker haul of Raylan Wilson, C.J. Allen, and Troy Bowles realistic, or would landing two maybe cause the third to lose some interest? I, I don't think you're going to land all three of those. I don't, I don't think that there's any way. I mean, you got Raul Aguirre, who's also going to be in that mix, and I think Georgia, with an in-state, as an in-state guy, has a good shot of, uh, of you know bringing him into the fold, but – I think that would be a little bit uh, unrealistic there, Trent, don't you? Yeah, and I don't think that, uh, you know, just say landing two would cause a third one to look elsewhere. I just don't think it's realistic for, for Georgia to land all three guys uh, in this class. I mean, I don't I don't think uh, a Tro- uh, like if Raylan Wilson and C.J. Allen was to commit, I don't think it's going to scare uh, Troy, Troy away. I just think it's just, just looking at it from a realistic standpoint, I don't. Uh, see all three in this class but uh you know you can see two of those guys and um maybe uh you know whoever you said raul uh raul aguire raul aguire that's yeah a, he's a, a white name to say but uh yeah you, you could uh you could see you know two and him possibility but i don't think you're gonna see all three in this class yeah, and technically, you know, technically by rivals, Gabriel Harris is listed as a defensive end, but he's an he's a uh, outside linebacker, so they do already have you know somebody on that that edge out there. But these are all inside guys. I think C.J. Allen is a guy that that Georgia identified early on. Glenn Schumann liked him in 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 camp. They've recruited him uh, very very intently. Uh, he's going to be coming in. He's going to be on that first official visit weekend with guys like Justice Haynes, with guys like Caleb Downs. So I think that shows that he's a high priority for Georgia. I think he's a guy that they would push to try to get a commitment from early on. They're, they're you know, trend, there's going to be a couple guys in that official visit weekend that they say, hey, we would we would like to have your commitment now. Like there, there's going to be a couple guys that they're going to push. I think CJ Allen could be one of those, but Troy Bowles, if 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 he's one of those that there's a spot for him, it doesn't matter what the numbers look like. It doesn't matter. He's a, he's a guy that they'll, they'll take. Raylan Wilson is a guy who they, they, they have a lot of interest in. He was committed to, to, to Michigan. Um, but who knows? We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that all ends up turning out. Yeah, it would be, uh, you know, Kirby's, you know, kind of recruited nationally for since he's been here pulling the Isaiah Wilson's and the Andre Swift guy like that. But yeah, you know, if, 
if Kirby pulled Troy Bowles and um, Arch Manning in the same class, you're talking about uh, well, yes, it's, it's a national, but it's you're talking about an NFL head coach and then you know a, a player with two uncles that's, that's you know well, were big time players. So. Let's talk about that for a minute too, because I think it's widely known now. Uh, you t- you heard the comments from the Green Bay Packers GM. You heard the comments that have come out of Jacksonville. You've heard the comments that have come several years now out of New England, places like that. There's not a head coach in the NFL in the college ranks, except with the exception of maybe Nick Saban, that has more clout and more uh, respect in uh, in the NFL ranks than than Kirby Smart does. And I think that would have to go because you know that. Uh, you know Peyton Manning and Bruce Arians have a, have a relationship, and Bruce Arians ha- now being the the GM there uh, or an executive in the, the Tampa Bay front office after stepping down from uh, being the head coach of the Buccaneers and, and Troy Bowles' dad, Todd Bowles, is the head coach there. That's another connection that you would think there's going to be some back channeling through uh, with Georgia and, and Arch Manning and Troy Bowles. And Troy Bowles is a guy who's uh, uh, you know Ohio State's heavily involved. Georgia's heavily involved, so it's all kind of interconnected. And you could see uh, guys, guys that we talked about, like a Jalen Hale, like a Hakeem Williams, like a Troy Bowles, like a Madden Sinker, like a, a Justice Haynes. All of these guys, that domino of Archman, and all of a sudden Archman, uh, you know, wakes up and fires off a tweet or, or sends an announcement to ESPN or something like that one day. You know, all this stuff's kind of connected, Trent, and uh, I think especially that NFL route uh, is is very interesting to me. Yeah, no doubt. And you mentioned how how much Kirby Smart's respected. I think uh, Todd Munkin as well is respected among yep. the uh, you know the NFL ranks. And and uh, so yeah, I, I think that um, you know you you're gonna you're gonna start seeing some of this uh, you know intertwined stuff but like like you're talking about Troy Bowles and and wanting his son to play for uh Kirby Smart because he's know he's going to develop him to be ready for that next level or you know that be ready for the NFL when when that time comes so um there's no doubt about Kirby has built a a major brand at the University of Georgia when it comes uh to the NFL oh yeah for sure I think uh, I think he's, he's like I said maybe the most respected uh, coach in college in college football among the NF his NFL peers um, out there, I'd say maybe except maybe Nick Saban and and maybe what Kirby's done. You could argue what Kirby's done at his young age is even more impressive. So uh, it, it, it's uh, it's quite interesting to see that dynamic of it. But guys, that has uh, been this episode of UGA Sports Rumors versus Fact. Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button if you haven't. Turn on notifications. We greatly appreciate it. Tomorrow night, Roddy and Dane are going to be just by uh, uh, joined by guest Russ Tanner. Uh, Coach Donnan is traveling, got some stuff he's doing. But Russ Tanner, former Georgia center, is going to be on with uh, Roddy and Dane at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. So you want to check in. Uh, here on the YouTube channel for that. Make sure you uh, subscribe on the podcast, UGA Sports Podcast on Google uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get them. We always appreciate every platform that you guys uh, check us out on. And, of course, be a member of the UGA Sports Vault. But uh, we, we appreciate uh, all you guys tuning in for Trent Smallwood, I am Blaine Gilmer. Jed May will be back with us next Monday night at 8.15 for another episode. So appreciate you guys, and we will catch you next time on UGA Sports, Rumors versus Facts. <laughs>